Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Thursday, the 23rd of June, and this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. Federal officials signed off on the use of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months late last week. But Iowa health officials or Iowa health providers say parents may have to be patient when seeking out an appointment for the new pediatric dose. Mike Brownlee is with the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. He says it will take time to open up more appointment slots as staff needs to be trained on the new dosage forms. We have to build in our systems to ensure that there's safety uh, for for patients to receive these vaccines. We do not want to mix up the vaccines. We don't want to give the incorrect vaccine uh, to any of our patients. So there's some process behind the scenes that has to be implemented. Brownlee says UIHC's first 200 appointment slots filled immediately, but the health care center will likely open up more appointments at additional locations next week. He encourages parents to get their children vaccinated as soon as they can get an appointment. Health officials say the number of new reported positive COVID-19 tests has increased slightly in the past week. According to state figures, there have been more than 4,700 positive COVID tests reported in the past seven days. That's as hospitalizations remain steady. Federal health officials report as of yesterday, 186 Iowans are hospitalized with the virus. That's up just two from last week. The Centers for Disease Control say two Iowa counties have high community levels. They are Johnson and Winnesheet counties. It's recommended people there wear masks in indoor public spaces. According to the CDC, 62 percent of all Iowans are fully vaccinated against the virus. Iowa's new law that protects older residents will go into effect on July 1st, and advocates say it's been in the works for 10 years. Supporters say the law gives law enforcement the tools to go after people who target older Iowans. Laura Kriegemeyer is the Elder Rights Coordinator for the Heritage Area Agency on Aging. She says now is the time to educate both older Iowans and law enforcement and social service agencies. That will be the challenge is, you know, not only getting the awareness out there, but for people to learn and understand this new bill um, and understand their rights with it. So we are hopeful to be able to get some sessions out there regarding the bill uh, for people to have some approachable information regarding it. The law covers physical abuse and financial exploitation. If convicted, penalties will range from misdemeanors to Class D felony. Kriegermeyer made her comments on IPR's River to River. A new study by Iowa State University economists say there's not enough evidence to show fertilizer companies are taking advantage of inflation to raise their prices. The study was requested by Iowa Attorney General Tom Miller earlier this year because of a spike in fertilizer prices. ISU ag economist Chad Hart is one of the study's authors. He says fertilizer prices have been rising because of a number of factors, including supply chain problems and energy market fluctuations. But it's still unclear if fertilizer companies are manipulating the prices. There were so many other things going on that you you really can't disentangle what is truly 
supply and demand and fundamental factors impacting the fertilizer market versus what one would consider you know, price manipulation. The study says prices will decline in the second half of this year, but they won't return to what they were in mid-2020 because of farmer demand is high and supply chain problems still exist. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Members of the Iowa Democratic Party are in Washington, D.C. this week. Today, they'll make a case to the Democratic National Committee for the Iowa caucuses to remain in the early presidential nominating calendar. IPR's Catherine Wheeler spoke with Morning Edition host and lead political reporter Clay Masters, who's in Washington, to cover the meetings. Remind us what's going on. So earlier this year, members of this Rules and Bylaws Committee within the DNC said they wanted to change up the early presidential nominating calendar, which, you know, as it stands right now is Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. Well, members said they want to favor states that are more diverse. You know, Iowa is an overwhelmingly white state. They want states that are more competitive in the general election. Iowa hasn't voted for a Democratic presidential candidate in almost 10 years now. And then they also want to favor actual primary elections and not caucuses. Of course, caucuses are not primary elections, and for years they've been panned by Democrats for, you know, not being very inclusive. You have to show up on a cold winter night on time, and it can take hours to make your voice heard. Okay, so tell us more about these meetings the rules and bylaws are holding this week. What are the states in the running for the early window, and who's making the case for Iowa? There are a lot of states and then one territory that are presenting. Uh, That includes the other current early states, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. In the Midwest, we have Michigan, Minnesota, and Illinois presenting. Maryland, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Delaware will make a case. And then so will Colorado, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, and Washington State, as well as Puerto Rico. They're in there as well. So those making the case for Iowa are Iowa Democratic Party Chair Ross Wilburn and then Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst for the Iowa House Democrats is also going to be there. How will they make the case? The biggest thing they're banking on are these fundamental changes to the caucuses they announced earlier this month. Under this proposal that they've submitted, a caucus goer would request a presidential preference card, an Iowan would receive the card in the mail, and they would have to, in 14 to 28 days, either mail it back or return it in person. Here's IDP Chair Ross Wilburn explaining it. This also means that we are proposing the elimination of realignment so that each caucus goer would express a preference for only one candidate. At the caucus, we would then report the results publicly and caucuses themselves would focus primarily on conducting party business. Wilburn said this proposal plan gives the party an opportunity to reach more Iowans than ever before through the caucuses. But that removal of uh, other alignments is the biggest thing here that's going to go away in my mind if, if this goes through. Listeners of IPR's podcast Caucus Land will remember that it was that second alignment when caucus goers in 2008 overwhelmingly went to Barack Obama that helped him win and then propel him to the party's nomination. And that's been a uniquely caucus characteristic that would go away. Will they address those diversity and competitiveness aspects too then? Yeah, so those are in the proposal that they've submitted, and they recognize that Iowa falls short as a truly representative state with respect to overall racial and ethnic diversity. 
but they highlight the growing diverse communities in Iowa, and they talk about complex political issues in urban and rural areas. On the competition front, I expect they're going to talk about the three congressional districts in the state that are regularly competitive, uh, and they make the argument in this proposal that Iowa is still purple, despite Republicans doing really well here over the last decade. And then also, I should note, with Republicans keeping the calendar as is, you know, in that four-state early carve-out, that's not going away for the RNC. Uh, The proposal that they've submitted says booting Iowa from the early window will make it look like national Democrats are abandoning Iowa, and it would reinforce this narrative that Republicans have put forward for even having this conversation, that Democrats don't have the interests of rural voters at heart. And then I'm also anticipating they'll highlight the cheaper media markets in Iowa, which makes it easier for lesser-known candidates to make a go of it, and then the spread out nature of Iowa's population, which makes it easier for candidates to cover a lot of ground in Iowa. All right. So what's next? Well, these are just the presentations. So there will not be, you know, a decision that's made at the end of these presentations. But we're expecting there to be a calendar worked out in their next meeting, which comes next month or maybe in August. Clay Masters is the IPR Morning Edition host and lead political reporter. Thanks, Clay, for explaining it to us. Yeah, you're welcome, Catherine. Thank you. This is Iowa Public Radio's Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julie Englander.